Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello, welcome to Broken but Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp. Delighted to be joined by the Hollywood He Man, Nick Davy. Good evening. Your girlfriend's favourite podcaster, Lance Rivera. Hello. (laughs) And Grapple Arcade's Mark Fox. After all this time, I'm still grapple arcades, Mark Fox. You need to do that. <laughs> Must try harder. Yes. Hello. How are you doing? Going forward, I want 10 nicknames like David Starr. <laughs> I did that once for you. I'm not doing it every week. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo always introduces me as, as some kind of like rubbish tag team partner. Like you'll always say, the more to my Mabel, Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> the dink to my dunk. <laughs> dink. Luckily, on the on, on the football, one, I just, I I've already I'm, on the football. I'm just sort of wedged in the middle, and I just go and I just get called by my actual name. No nickname, no yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no identity over there, sadly. The Glenn Murray yeah. of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> Another week of lockdown. Are we discussing it, or do you want to go move on? <laughs> happened this week. It's really like, you could literally probably actually like editing my my lockdown. Still the same. Running football manager. Um, yeah, watching old wrestling, etc. Yeah, my furlough's the next. I'm on furlough until the first week of July now. So yeah, more time to watch more old wrestling. More time to do more running. And football and wagging. <laughs> I can chronologise my um, my wrestling school with my dogs a bit more if you want. <laughs> we have found out that Lance likes to talk on the phone fully clothed in the bath this week. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> hey, I was Sorry? sleeping in the bath, brother. I was sleeping in the bath. <laughs> I had a, a good old lockdown session. That's why I was oh, sleeping I... in the bath. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> All over on the Lance Rivera YouTube channel. Do you? <laughs> Can I have to check that out? You need more candles, mate. <laughs> I need more dark fruits. That's what I needed. That's what I like. Yeah. Stronger dark fruits. <laughs> well, one would go I'll down nice after a while. Lovely weather at the moment. It'd be nice to have one of them right now. Definitely. <laughs> well, there's only one place we can start this week, so AEW's Double or Nothing. Really fun show, I thought. I thought they had a bit of a lull in the middle. Moxley versus uh, Brody Lee was a solid main event style brawl. Sheeta winning was great. Uh, the goal that bad match was really entertaining, and it was great to see Brian Cage. And the, the stadium stampede match was insane. <laughs> what did you guys think of the show? So. I I just uh, absolutely loved the line of Brian Cage being caged. Yes. <laughs> that stuck with me all week, and I don't know why. Tony Schiavone saying, Brian Cage is being caged. <laughs> He's just being stuck with me all cage. week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fan- yeah, fantastic show. Really enjoyed it. Um, and I think as well with AEW, which I give them a lot of credit for, is they I think they had quite a lot of pressure going into them before the show, given that it was quite a, 
a sad sort of week with Shad Gaspar. Then, obviously, um, the news on Saturday morning with the the New Japan um, female wrestler. Um, obviously, with the tragic news there on Saturday morning. So, a look, I think everyone, all the wrestling community, kind of needed a bit of a lift and a, re- a yes. good wrestling show to sort of cheer everyone up. And I'm um, hundred percent delivered. Thought it was a great show. Really, really enjoyed. Really enjoyed it. You particularly enjoyed MJF versus Jungle Boy, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, really blown away by it, I say, because it was. I think with with them, obviously, AW when they started off with the ladder match, that was great. That was always going to be great. Really enjoyable. It's always quite hard, I think, if you are second or third on the card to sort of, well, I don't want to use the phrase, keep the audience hot because, yeah, obviously it's not audience, but uh, <laughs> they, maybe that could, maybe that actually aged them. But well, it was really, really impressive. I thought the match, MJF, um, fantastic heel work throughout, and I think he's also proven he actually is a very good wrestler as well. We all know how great he is on the mic, how great his character is, and he's going to be a star probably regardless, but I think he's also now proven that his wrestling ability is, is also fantastic and and Jungle mm-hmm. Boy as well. Um I don't know how, how old is Jungle Boy? Twenty two, I want to say is he? Twenty two. Yeah. I think he's twenty two really and MJF just turned twenty four. Yeah. That is, that's right then, isn't it? <laughs> I love him and Jungle Boy I've never really seen an awful lot of him in singles contests. Now, he had that match against Jericho on Dynamite at the turn of the year, which was very impressive. But, uh, but obviously that, you can always use the argument card that well, if he's working with Jericho, Jericho can get the best out of young talent. But I think this proves that, well, both men have got fantastic futures. But Jungle Boy in particular is one to really keep the eye on. I, I love, obviously, the Jurassic Express, but it's also it's nice to know that he can... Sort of plans from further on down the line if there's ever any character changes or what have you. So just a, yeah, that was my sort of. Um, I guess I probably would say I, I can't really say it's my match of the night given how great the main event was, but it was my yeah my favourite match in the arena. We'll say in the AW. Yes, arena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Were you also surprised by Shida winning the title? That was another great match, good hardcore match. Yeah, it was a very good match. I was very surprised that she won. I was uh, I was watching it with a few of the other wrestlers at RWA on a, uh, oh, I thought, on a group call. I saw, I saw you asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we were watching it, and I was very very shocked when she won. I I definitely didn't expect that at all. No, yeah, I, no, I, thought, I thought it was far too early for her to lose it. So. But I'm happy. She is my favourite female wrestler in AEW. So. I must admit, this was the match where I, I did watch large portions, but it was also the match, you know, you were, when you were, because I stayed up and watched the show, when you hit that part point in the night where you're sort of having to slap yourself to stay awake sort of thing. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not against the competitors, it was just against the, it was the lack, it was the fact that I didn't have any orange Lucasade in the house, which I usually prepare myself for a show, but I decided <laughs> to buy I decided to what buy the What orange Lucasade. <laughs> Orange Lucas it always does the job. Money in the bank. I was up all. Uh, I was up all. Uh, I was up all night and didn't even have any um, any near misses. But yeah, um, I was yeah. a bit unprepared going into this with lack of supplies. So um, yeah, I'll blame it on that. But um, no, really happy for a great and um, it was a great sort of match. And um, yeah, like I said, it was actually a genuine surprise, which was nice because um, mm. I, I just had it in my mind the whole time. Nyla Rose is never dropping the title. Um, and it was a match that kind of caught me off guard because it was really entertaining, but also a genuine shock winner. And um, again, it's always that I keep wanting to say the phrase, oh, it was a great pop. 
but <laughs> it would have been a bad <laughs> night, but so but um, no. Yeah, the crowd came unglued. Yeah, so the stadium stampede match continued this year's trend of cinematic wrestling matches. So that was definitely the highlight of the show, I thought. So where do you think it's compared against the three WWE cinematic matches? They're all a bit different. I mean, this one's quite similar, you could argue, to Money in the Bank. Maybe? Yes, it's still a bit... It's a lot different, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's... I think think that the... Commentary really helped us as well. If they would have had commentary going over the money in the bank, I think I'm thinking it would have worked better now. I like the uh, the money in the bank with no commentary. I thought it kind of it had more of a film aspect to it. Kind of just spoke mm. for itself. But I enjoyed the commentary yeah. more over the AEW match than if it was silent. Yeah, I think because well, it's good they've all got their own kind of like it's good that they they are being different. Like with um, WWE not having commentary, I think that's why their matches have been so great. And you could argue then AEW's match was so great because they had commentary. So I do like the fact they've both been kind of different in that aspect. Um, but um, no, it was it was fantastic. Whether it was as good as the um, the W matches, I, I I again, it's I can't really compare them. Money in the Bank was fantastic in its own way. Like I said, though, the good thing with this one is I think the timing for this one was was absolutely fantastic. They didn't overboard it, but at the same time, no. I felt Money in the Bank was quite quick. Uh, but you can't really compare it, especially you certainly can't compare it to the Firefly Funhouse matches. No, yeah, definitely not. Totally <laughs> insane. And the Undertaker was a bit di- was very different as well. So um, no, I thought I thought it was fantastic. Some very. Um, yeah, I think my favourite part was the, um, and they even got the little touches right, that I absolutely marked out and jumped out of my seat. I actually jumped out of my seat for when the horse was there. Uh, the yeah. Jumped out of my seat, and he's on, a, he's on an effing horse, so I think, with my wife. <laughs> um, and then I thought that all, all of the, um, I think every wrestler as well gave a good account. I think they all got a nice bit of screen time. They yeah, all I, like, I like the inner circle coming out and all matching football uniforms. So they they looked like a solid unit, and then because then a page didn't come out with his team, so it looked like they were all yeah went together. So it's like so it gave a bit of attention right from the beginning. So yeah, but Page chasing down Sammy on the horse was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake Hager as well with, with Adam Page was brilliant with the drinks when and he went to the bar he sort of at the bar and just pours him a drink slides it down that was just fantastic um, uh, well we're going to have a brawl anyway um, we might as well brawl now sort of thing so mm. um, no I thought that was um, that that was fantastic um, and yeah I like the um, uh, one of the I don't know which Jackson brother it was uh, diving off the post that was that was great um, yes there was just so many spots it was fantastic uh, no I really really enjoyed a fantastic main event I loved one yeah. of the young Do you have any highlights? down the entire stadium running down oh, the entire suplex, stadium suplex, suplexed them down the entire stadium oh, no where he ran the down the Jericho steps and steps. then did the uh, <laughs> jump onto Jericho oh that was fantastic yeah, and also as well I think Chris was saying the, the Jackson brother as well yeah doing the suplexes the whole way across the pitch please like Sammy Guevara the whole map the whole length of the pitch <laughs> that actually made me feel physically sick thinking about how, like, the fitness of that as well like 
like got the stamp. I know obviously it didn't happen obviously with the cameras dropping off, but um, the stamina though to try and actually thinking about it, the stamina to actually do that. I know Lance will probably say more because he's a he's a wrestler, but um, <laughs> it was making me. I'd be napkin. <laughs> yeah, it was just reminding me when I did the training once in London about when it was just up down up down. And it was just well, making my tummy go around. You know what I'm saying? me nightmare flashbacks. <laughs> We've all had it, brother. Don't worry. <laughs> it's when you actually throw up. That's that's when, that's when it becomes an issue. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is just the comedy match leading to a really serious blood and guts in the cage match. I think that's the that's what they wanted to do eventually. Yeah. These teams, was... Or do you think this is the end of a feud? No, I think it's uh, it's going to end up ending the uh, war games slash blood and guts cage double yes. ring thing <laughs> definitely and, and that would involve Cody as well maybe even Dustin maybe you could swap out Matt, Matt for you know, Cody not Matt Hardy for Cody no. yeah I think that's what makes cool. more sense yeah and uh, but uh, just one thing before we discuss the casino ladder match um, were you happy to see Brian Cage's Signed for AW. Yeah, I was. I thought I thought it was really cool to see him there. I've um, never. I've not obviously. I've not been much. I've, as you know, I'm not really a big Impact watcher, so I don't know an awful lot about him. But mm. certainly from a, from from someone watching him, obviously I've heard the name, but for someone watching him for the first time, I was very impressed. And and we said on the show before, I believe that we, there's lack of big guys in AW, so. Well, you can't really get much bigger and, uh, than, than him. And um, yeah, great start. I loved the, uh, the ripping the ladder off its hinges. That was just, it was already, I was like, oh, this guy's quite big, isn't he? Um, yes. he <laughs> yeah, we, when we were watching it, um, so we were out of sync and Rabid Riley, all I heard from him was, he's just ripped a ladder in half. <laughs> <laughs> and on ours, on um, our, our stream, um, Big Luchasaurus just came out and we all just went, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, streams, enough. yeah, streams falling apart. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no. It was, um, I think, yeah, it, it just spun me out. It talk about making a debut and that as well. I like, I like the fact that he's got Taz as his, um, as his voice as well. I'm really happy Taz has actually got signed on screen because I know he's yes. not one of the main commentators. So he's, he's a he's certainly, a, he's obviously a very good speaker on the mic. So. To, to me, it makes perfect sense getting Taz on screen in some capacity. And I think, again, it, I, just, I always feel like you can never have too many managers on sc- on any in any promotion as well. Mm-hmm. I saw a really amusing, um, I saw a really amusing little meme going around about um, highlighting Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar and showed a picture of Taz and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with Brian, I haven't watched any. I haven't seen any TNA struck impact episodes since he joined them, so I, I can't comment on that. But I remember him vividly from when I used to watch Lucha Underground, um, yes. and he was even at that point there. You were like, "Who is this guy? He's kind of like short, but he makes up for it in width. <laughs> like he's, he's he's huge from left to right, and it's just he reminds, he reminds me of him." Uh... Like Apollo Cruz was on the indie scene. He was like, he does all the flips and everything, but he's also yeah. this huge strong man. 
kind of as well like when um back back in the heyday of like attitude era when rhino joined wwe and all of a sudden he was um he was a he was obviously huge in ecw in terms of his size compared to a lot of his competitors but then when he joined wwe he kind of fitted in with the average height i think he's like six two maybe something like that but yeah. he's he's wide he's he's as that wide you know he's like six two wide as well <laughs> so it's like it's when you see brian He's a he's a wide lad. He's um he's it's it's great to see him. I remember just seeing him on a Lucha Underground thing, and he's gonna he could be a star. And then I remember reading things saying he was potentially interested in WWE, but there was it never happened for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I think it was I don't think it was quite as NXT was taken off. If you know what I mean, it wasn't quite there yet. The if it yeah. had been if it had been like two years later, then he would have been a star in NXT. It's simple as that. And I just don't yeah, think he was, it he, he was a tag team champion in FCW. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. For, yeah. And so in Florida, but it just didn't quite, um, didn't quite happen because of the time with how NXT developed and where he needed to be at that point in his career, you know? So, but it's good to see that he's not just going to somebody be somebody who has been a peripheral on the top end indie scene, if you like. Um, yes. Is hopefully going to be somebody who can make a proper career out of it based on AEW, and he, and he could be he could thrive there. The AEW, so good luck mm. to him. He's, he's six foot, according to Wikipedia, so he's so he's not as big as he looks. He looked in that match, so it's just he's so built. He, he, yeah, I won't lie to you. I got a little excited when Taz walked out because I thought, oh my god. Taz is going to be in <laughs> the Taz mission. The only the only reason anyone survived in that match was because Taz let them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been reported that it's going to be Moxley versus Cage at Fighter Fest on the 29th of um, June. So they've got a, oh, a couple okay. of weeks to get a story going. So. That'll be good. I didn't know it would be that soon. I thought it'd be a few months down the line or. A I'm, Not, I'm thinking they're gonna. This is just like a, a filler feud, and then maybe they'll have a mega Moxley at all outs. Yeah, all, all in. Yeah, that makes it's good. Yeah, yeah. the next big pay per view yeah, is all out, isn't it? In um, September the fifth, um, mm-hmm. I think it was September fifth, and um, so yeah, it would be. It would make sense to have a have a filler have a filler feud. Um, give us obviously Cage gives him obviously obviously deserves it gets his title opportunities title opportunity but also I think also having him against Moxley will put will put regardless of the result it will still put Cage over in a way it will get him introduced to what well, fans like me who haven't seen much of him so mm-hmm. no um, I, I think that would be a, yeah very good looking forward to that yeah and he's a really nice guy I interviewed him in late 18 I think so, so. Yeah, so I'll put, I'll put a link in the description if anyone wants to listen to that interview. So um, then coming on to the the casino ladder match itself, I really love this concept of a rumble style ladder match. I hope they keep it an annual thing and don't do that casino battle royal because that was all. <laughs> yeah, that was very confusing. much better. It was, this was much better than the casino battle royal, and I think I think this is the only match. This was don't get me wrong. This was, I really enjoyed this. Um, I think the only thing this this was the only match I think that could have uh, needed a, I think did need a crowd based on for, yes. I think ladder matches um, I think I said that on the show before I think ladder match especially at WrestleMania 
Everton advised as well that I think ladder matches do suffer without a crowd. Um, and I think this was, again, sadly the case. Um, again, I'm not dismissing it because I still really, really enjoyed the match. But I do feel mm. that from uh, having a great ladder match, it does it does need a crowd, um, especially for, if you're going to have a surprise entrance. Again, I know, obviously, we can't help it with a worldwide pandemic going on. I completely can't help it. But, yeah, it would be even better. But what I'm guessing at is it will be even better next year with a lobby of a yeah. live crowd there. <laughs> Were there any highlights of the uh, ladder match you want to discuss? My favourite. Oh, yeah, Alan nearly killed himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As always, when he did the nose grab off the top of the ladder. Yeah, that would have no. killed. I can't remember who was on the ladder. but Orange Cassidy was hilarious. I thought. That, was, that was my favourite part. Had, had, a, had a win this match. <laughs> that was hilarious. Comes out. Ring, he just put his arms up. <laughs> how do I win this match? That was brilliant. Uh, when he asked the commentators, how do I win it? Goes down <laughs> and he just goes, Oh, I just love the the whole posture when he's walking down to the ring going, Fuck's sake, well I've got to do this and then he gets in the ring. Um, he, oh, he had the ring to himself for two whole minutes. He could have just set up a ladder just got to be up. He just stood on top of the cool ladder. And just... He he is the goat, in my opinion. I've I think he's he's uh, he is the goat. Just hilarious and just a very good wrestler, just as I say, when he, the whole thing was, again, this was so great about this ladder match is they got all those, they got all of the, they had a bit of humour, obviously seriousness, ladder moments, the, the spots with Darby Allen and and obviously a correct winner. So, I, I, yeah, they got everything right about this, in my opinion, of, what, of the wrestlers that were in there as well. They got all of the right, the correct moments at, uh, to a T. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I think I'll put on my change. I'd have it so you they don't tell you in advance who's in the match. So in front of a, a crowd, it'd be a proper surprise, people coming out. Oh, that'd be interesting. That would be a bit different. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I think that's do. cool. And I'll turn wrestlers every time. And maybe have it 90 seconds rather than two minutes, because 28 minutes long was a bit long for me. Really? I thought the time was fun. I thought the time was alright for this. I thought this and the Stampede matches. I wasn't. I, I was worried before that it might. The time might be a bit too long. But no, I thought. In fact, for the whole show now, thinking about, it, I thought all the timings were actually were very good. And that's for someone mm. who did stuff until quarter to five, and then had to be up at ten a.m. for a tennis match. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, no, there was no matches where I, like, I kept sort of when you sort of do the thing of right, wrap it up, lads, come on. And uh, no, I thought um, I was. I was. I was content with the time. Yeah, so was I. I, I. I didn't think it was too long or too short. I, I was very happy with the time, actually. I did like the fact that they had the time on the big screen behind it, so it was actually two minutes in between each people, not WWE. Is, it averages out over the whole rumble. It's two minutes Gimmick each. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is the Asian sensation Kanji, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. All right, so it's time for the first round of a question of sports entertainment. Mark is question master this week, and it's me versus Lance in the first round. Oh, here we go. You two, is it? Okay, that's interesting, right? So, um, whether you've been keeping up to date with episodes of Vice or not, um, in terms of the documentary series, you've probably realised there's maybe there's been quite a lot of Owen Hart uh, related posts on social media recently, and a lot of love being shown for Owen and memories and posts of his matches and things like that. Yes. Um, so what I've decided to do is take a look back to an episode 
of WWE programming, WWF programming, Ooh, of God. May 1999 in a special episode called Raw is Owen. It was the tribute show that the WWF at the time put on to um, yeah. to celebrate the life of Owen Hart by putting on a general sort of typical, you know, episode of Raw, so to speak. Yeah. Um, then they just let, let wrestlers just pick who they wanted to fight. I, well, I, I watched this in the pub. I was quite drunk by the end of it, so I'm trying to <laughs> Interesting. Well, what I want you to do, guys, is name every wrestler who wrestled in that event. Oh, shit. Okay. There's quite a few. Um, one clue I will give you. It's from May 1999. I've got okay. some idea. Chris has definitely okay. got the upper hand on me. Well, you said that. I he wasn't watch. a big attitude era watcher. So I don't watch it. I didn't watch it. I just, ha- I just happened to watch it. I just happened to have it on in the pub one part time. Oh, so right. Okay. You're fitting quite an interesting one to do this. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, do we... What about the attitude era? <laughs> 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 who, um, who goes first? Oh. You can go first if you want. Let's go first. Oh, all right. Go first. Okay. You can go first. We'll, we've gone very, we've gone very English there, and both said you can go first. Now you can go. First. <laughs> I'm gonna go test. Cause I'm sure this is when he asked out Stephanie on a date. This much. Well, test. Yes. You would be absolutely correct. Yes. This is a test. <laughs> uh, I believe Steve Austin was one. You'd be incorrect, sir. Oh, shit. Oh, was it just because. Did he just come out at the end and hold the beer up to Owen? Because I know he was on the show and they bought a big memorial to Owen at the end of the show. He possibly was. He didn't work, he didn't wrestle at all. Um, okay. Event. The Rock. The Rock is correct. Uh, Was Mark Henry one? Mark Henry is correct. (laughs) Triple H. Triple H is correct. Uh, The Undertaker. The Undertaker is incorrect, I'm afraid. Of course it is. <laughs> so I think it's um I never get this one, did I? If you get this one, you've uh, you've 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 uh, won the round. You bastard. Road dog. The road dog is correct. Yes. Oh you didn't know. No, I didn't know, I didn't know a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really interesting card because th- listen to some of these matches here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett versus Test, X Pac and Kane versus Edge and Gangrel, the Hardy Boys versus Kai and Tai. I bet that was, I can't remember that match, but I bet it was mint. Hardcore yeah, Holly yes. versus Ken Shamrock, Mankind versus Mr. Ass, D Brown and Mark Henry versus the Acolytes, The Godfather versus The Road Dog, Al Snow versus Triple H. <laughs> Beauty of match. Okay. Big uh, Big Show versus Goldust and Val Venus versus The Rock. <sighs> yeah. That's good. How frustrating. Look, mate, I was like, 
16 days old when that episode ended. <laughs> 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 you the network. Come on now. <laughs> I was born the same year as WrestleMania 1. <laughs> but still no Mr. T was in it. <laughs> that, that was an iconic, well, I'll say, this, both of them were iconic moments, really, well, for two different reasons. Keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a, it's an interesting one because it was obviously it was a it was a random tribute show, uh, and it didn't necessarily lead itself into any of the end of the any ongoing storylines at the time. It was very much fitting for the time, and you know I think I think it was in good taste to do this. There's been a lot of debate recently about well, there's always been a lot of debate of, of whether or not the show should have carried on over the edge when Owen tragically fell and died. Um, I don't know if you lads have watched it. Have the Vice documentary? Have you? Have you seen it? Yet? I've watched the Vice documentary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very interesting. It. I absolutely cried my eyes out. <laughs> it was very interesting. I've never, never, ever directly heard Martha speaking about it. I've only heard second-hand information on sites and forums and dirt sheets and things like that. I've never heard her speak on it directly. Um, you can kind of understand. I think a lot of the time you buy into a lot of it, especially when wrestlers have been kind of goading. Martha to let him in the Hall of Fame and this, that, and the other. You know, Mark Henry, during his speech, pleading with Martha to let Owen Hart in um, and other wrestlers and that. But actually, when you look at the situation, I can kind of fully understand where why Martha feels the way that she does. She holds the company directly responsible for the situation. Why would she say, oh, yes, feel free to capitalize on his memory? Because that's that's what it is. Yes. You know, they'll, they'll get viewers and things based on the fact he's going to be in there. They want the biggest and best names they can get in there so people will watch in the Byrets and merch that they sell on the night and things like that. You can understand why she'd be like, eh, nah, sorry, like. Um, so it's, it's, I never used to feel that way. I always used to say, yes, let him in, yeah, let him in. But now I can kind of understand fully where she's coming from. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never be able to say directly whether he should or shouldn't go in, but at least I can definitely. It's good to see hear her side of the story. That's it, I suppose. It was absolutely and heartbreaking that documentary, was, especially when they got towards the end where the uh, where his two children were talking so about him. Man, God, what a what a top lad he is! You know, I'm just yeah. getting like just thinking right now. Thinking about that documentary. Sorry about that. Um, right. but, um, ro- but yeah, I, I advise everybody, you know, if, if you if you want to watch something in, in a positive sort of spin in memory, as well as watching Owen Hart matches, because there's so many good matches to choose from, go and watch this because it's just a really fun, you know, celebratory event for him. It's, it's good crack. Yeah. So it's May, May 99, end of May 99. I, I believe that Austin did give a really nice speech at the end of that, because I've seen it somewhere where he... Um, he says really some really nice things at the end of Raw about yeah. Owen. I think it might have been the dark segment because he holds up a beer to the Titan Tron, and it's like in memory of Owen Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a good there's a good chance it is. He used to do a lot of that kind of stuff, like after the event, the cutaways, and have Austin in the ring, sort of playing with the crowd for a bit longer and having a drink with whoever's in the ring. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I think he came out on his um in his truck as well, or his uh, yeah. on an ATV or something. They'll always want to end on a high note as well, like a positive kind of feel-good moment, you know? Yeah. And better do that in, in the late 90s and have Austin coming out and having a drink with the crowd. Mm. Yeah, I was watching and, uh, a thing with CM Punk as well the other day. You, they were talking about a dark segment and he went up to Austin and asked him to stun him after the show. And Austin apparently <laughs> goes, God damn, kid, no one's asked me to do that. <laughs> and I was like, 
And I was like, <laughs> why is no one asking him? And Punk even says it on the, uh, I think it was Inside the Ropes, he was saying, I don't know why nobody's asking him to come out and stun people after the show's finished. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Right, so yesterday, Monday, this week, marked the one-year one year anniversary yep, of AEW's first pay-per-view. That was double or nothing last year. So I thought it'd be fun if we just do a quick review of AEW so far. Are you? Are we all regular li- viewers of AEW? <laughs> <laughs> There's always one. That's <laughs> nah, the thing I've, I've I'm not a regular watcher of anything past 1995, so <laughs> uh, apologies. No, big, big um, watch. I thought I was said I, I was when it when it came. I was really, really happy for for mm. all sorts. Just to my my main and this this is going to sound really. A bit, almost like a backhanded compliment, kind of sway, W. But what I was really, really excited, also in the hope that it would kind of improve WWE's product, which yes. again is hard to compare now, given it's all behind closed doors. But I generally think since October, when the when the war started, um, I generally think, especially in 2020, I think WWE has improved for the better. Um, I thought the first few pay-per-views of the year were, were brilliant, and. Um, and um, obviously, then it's obviously then the pandemic happened. But for AEW as a whole, I think they've been they've been a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's, I know it's a bit yeah. of a cliche; it's easy to say, um, but for me, it has got the old school kind of feel to it, almost like a classic Monday Night Raw. I think their booking's been fantastic, um, and it is just fun. It's just it is a lot enjoyable to watch. Yeah, they've, they've they've done a lot. They've done they've got a lot right. I'm not saying they're I'm not, not certainly not going to turn and say they're, they're a finished article. They're far from that. But mm. I think yeah, so far, so good. I'm trying to be like a, I think like a B plus would be a good way to sort of grade them. Um, yeah. Obviously, some areas they're, they're flying, they're A stars. Some areas struggling slightly. But no, um, overall, watching them every week and definitely going to be another, uh, definitely going to still be a keen viewer going forward. Yeah. No, I, but especially when you said it's been a very attitude era, like, Reminding me very much of when Cody... What about the Attitude Era? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of uh, Cody chasing uh, the inner circle around the arena where he punched the window through yeah. to get to Jericho. And I thought, oh, yeah, that it kind of brings you back a bit. But not in a, oh, this is a stupid nostalgia thing that we're trying to relive it. It's, a very, it's in a very good way where you think back to Austin spraying Vince with the, the beer or whatever. It's a very cool moment that just sticks with you yeah makes memorable moments would probably be a better way of describing it definitely do any of you watch like everything do you watch dynamite dark being elite the road to when they go i try to watch as much being the elite as i can because i find that very entertaining i'm just dynamite in the pay-per-views for myself just the simple fact that it is not apparently you, you would have on dark, Taz has been hinting for weeks that he's got a protege. So you you kind of would have known that he would have been with not with Brian Cage necessarily, but he would have been on this. Or with someone. With someone. Oh. So, but you kind of have to watch everything to follow every storyline. Apparently. So, I, I and again, I only watch Dynamite, but again, I don't watch it every week. It's, sometimes I've gone weeks without watching it. There's so much wrestling to watch, though, isn't there? I'm telling That's you all the thing. 
it's easy for me to say being furloughed, there's there's obviously enough time to watch wrestling. But no, I, I do. I think with AEW, which helps them for me is um, then this is going back when we obviously lived in a normal life a few months ago. It, I, it's the fact that it's on ICB4 really helps. So if it's on a Friday yes. night, you can watch it or, or like it's always easy to watch it. So usually for me, I'd watch it like on a Saturday, Saturday morning sort of thing, just because it's there on my, my recordings. Um, and it just makes it very easy to watch. You can obviously, again, just wind for Again, the fact that I didn't have BT Sport until recently um, as well, it meant the only way of t- the only rest I was actually watching on TV at the time was... Well, I've watched a lot more since the NWA and MLW have stopped doing weekly shows. They're just kind of doing highlight packages stuff at the moment. So I've, I've watched it for the last couple of weeks. But have you found how the elites have booked themselves? To be to be honest, I think I think sometimes they could have done more with themselves. Mm-hmm. They could have bought themselves a bit stronger because they were the I biggest think, names in the company. Think the thinking is we are the biggest names in the company, so we kind of have to bring lots of people up to our level for us to have beautiful feuds with people. Yeah, most likely that's what I've thought. But I've also I've thought that at times they could have done more with themselves instead of yeah trying to build everyone up. They, maybe if they focus on themselves a bit more and then brought people up slowly. But then I think you'd get the criticism of why well, you're only pushing yourselves because you own the company and whatever. Yeah, so I like feel like it's a double-edged sword. Private Party here, got right? a big pop of uh, beating the Young Bucks in the first round of the tag team tournaments. Yeah. And stuff like that. So. I think they've earned it as well, haven't they? The elite of how, of how they book themselves. Um, mm. I think given the fact Omega's one of the biggest he's obviously the biggest in my opinion he's the current biggest star that's never been in WWE um, alive today or wrestling active today I think it's probably the best way to use it uh, Cody's yes. Cody Dustin's Dustin the Bucks are the Bucks they're obviously the best tag team in the world everyone knows that um, and then Adam Page I, I've really with Omega Adam Page I've really liked their kind of the way that I think they're the ones that have been booked the most interesting, I think, especially Omega at the start was having all of his losses. That was interesting to see where that was going to go. And now recently with the Adam Page turning to sort of drinking, that's been yes. fantastic. Like, oh, is he going to turn? Is he not? No, it's Adam Page. He still loves them. He's, not, he's showing no signs of, well, verbal He loves them for now. Them. It's just, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You kind of have that feeling of, oh, no, he's, he's definitely going to turn. But then why, why would he? Then you've also got that. You've kind of got the argument with yourself going on. <laughs> Yeah, it has been um, an ongoing is, thing on being the elite, that, though. Which is about, fantastic, in my, in my opinion. I've seen a few things with Cody, though, on um, especially after the match on Saturday night, um, that people are, there's been a minor criticism on the internet of people sort of saying, well, whenever he has a match on, like, a pay-per-view, like, it, is always, it never seems to be, like, a kind of a clean finish, so to speak. Like, on Saturday, we saw it with Mike Tyson and... Jake the Snake, mm-hmm. all that fiasco with MJF. That was the whole. Uh, sorry, when he played Jericho, that was the whole towel fiasco. Um, I believe. I think the only one he's really had from memory. Obviously, then he had that one with the Sean Spears coming out with the chair. There's never really been a. And uh, I think even his match against Sean Spears, there was the Tessie Blanchard versus Arn Anderson sort of kicking off with each other. Yeah. So there's there's never really been a kind of a clean finisher, Cody Barthy. The match, funny enough, a year ago against Dustin, which was amazing. Um, I think I've seen a bit through a bit of criticism with that that Cody's kind of overbooking himself in matches, which I can see kind of where people are coming from. But then 
I think it kind of matches up with the story. Admittedly, on Saturday, that was the only time I could see where they're coming from. Saturday was a bit of a uh, was a bit of a, a bit of a rubbish finish. Um, but no, overall, felt I think out of place to me. Like looking looking on it now that you've mentioned it, just looking back on it all, none of it's ever felt out of place. It's never felt forced. Yeah. What about um, keeping track of wins and losses? Has that enhanced the product in any way for you? And there has been criticism of the ranking systems because people are getting title shots despite not being number one in the rankings. Like Brody Lee was number four in the rankings. Well, that's just like and a real sport because, like with boxing, you, the number one contender doesn't always go straight in and fight the heavyweight champion. Because mm-hmm. I, I was just, I was actually watching. Um, a series that I watch on YouTube sometimes about moments in sport that have shocked the world. And there's about Buster Douglas fighting Mike Tyson when he knocked him out. He wasn't number one in the uh, WBA rankings at the time. He was number four. Who was? Yeah. Buster Douglas. It's interesting he... you should mention that as well because there's again, we were talking about Lennox Lewis the other day when I brought him up on our last week's podcast. Lennox Lewis was the number one contender to fight for the title at the time, but Don King came along and said, we'll buy it off you for X amount of like a shit ton of money, that contendership for Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson got the title shot in 92. How mental is that? That that is mental. So like you can actually sell your contendership. Like, you know, he bought the... (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) I haven't haven't heard about that. Yeah, I didn't think that that... I I can't believe that that hasn't been like a a big, what, how, why, how can this happen? Apparently not, fair enough. Like... (laughs) So that'd be I interesting to have incorporate incorporated that kind of thing, maybe with Tyson being there. <laughs> Tyson starts buying title shots of people. Well he's gonna be on dynamite this Wednesday, so you don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the next Lewis out there and all, why not? Eh? <laughs> I also really enjoyed that the use of legends such as Arn Anderson, Jake Tully, TVP, even Dusty, uh, Dustin. So they've kind of been brought in to enhance the current guys rather than try and go over the current guys like they do on WWE. I thought it was interesting to bring them all back. I've enjoyed seeing Jake again. He's been brilliant. He always has been. It's great that he's able to be on TV again. Really young and watching on Sky, the the Pit Your Poison documentary. You remember when they used to run like DVD documentaries on Sky, but they wouldn't show the whole thing? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, they always yeah. show an hour and then adverts yeah. as well, you know, including adverts. I, yeah. I, I used to watch that. I remember watching it on Sky. I think it was the weekend of WrestleMania when I was really young and I really, it's one of them. It's how I learned about Ultimate Warrior and Drake the Snake and everyone is when I was dead young and then thinking they were like the best ever. I do love that there's still some idiots out there though that do go, oh, um, well, when, um, when WWE brings back a legend, it's taken someone's... Um, place when AEW bring back a legend it's sort of um uh they get like praised for it and it's nothing to do with that then because these legends aren't actually taking anyone's place on the card they're there well, to not wrestling are they talent. no exactly but it's just well, more if they are re- wrestling like dustin Rhodes, he doesn't win that often so, yeah, i know he beats sean spears at the weekend but that's kind of a joke match well, exactly. Well, mind you, you say that, but there's been a lot of backlash from that. A lot, so a lot of like when you saw the like when you go on Twitter and stuff, and you sort of mm, click yeah. on it and see the first tweets. A lot of them, a lot of the comments have been, "Well, why are you pushing Sean Spears?" Sort of thing. <laughs> you know, that, are you just going to keep uh, burying Sean Spears? Sort of thing. And um, no, um, I agree. I think the use of legends has been fantastic, and I think yeah, a lot of those comments are from idiots, in my opinion, um, because I think they 
they've been yeah i think they've, they've only enhanced the product and when, when you're starting from scratch as well you need legends otherwise you're not going to really get anywhere are you yeah has, has there been an argument that they've been using too many former wwe talents a few of my mates have said that that's been a not really an argument that's led to the internet but just there in a bit of group chat a few there's been a bit of like, a few rows between so i think the, friends. the top the top four in the rankings at the moment are all ex wwe i think how do you avoid it though like how can you like the some of the wwe have got a habit of signing for the last god knows how long the best available talent from around the world and you know 90 percent of anybody worth signing who is english speaking i need to add that as well because obviously mm. it's, an, it's, it's an american program um so not obviously count a lot of Japanese wrestlers in that, but the vast majority of people that are potentially going to have a crowd following that they're worth investing into have probably been through WWE at some point. It's 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 inevitable, really. Yeah, and, um, and you're a star WWE, company. TNA, do you want to get? Oh, you know, that's all right. I'm just saying, if, if they haven't been through t- through WWE, they've been through TNA, and the vast yeah. majority of theirs have been through WWE before that. So it's like they can't really win. If, but on top of that. They're bringing in a lot of people who weren't as well. It's not like they've only got yeah. WWE. They've got, as you said, like the, the books, Omega. They've got guys from from uh, the Lucha scene, um, like Lucha Bros, etc., etc. The Joshi girls as well. Uh, exactly. So they, they are doing nothing just because they've got a handful of. At the end of the day, the guy who's pretty much heading, figureheading the whole thing was a WWE wrestler. Like what? What are they meant to do? Just ignore the past? Well, you know? even Kenny Omega was in FCW, and then the Young yeah. Bucks have been in WWE before for doing um, dark matches. So had, exactly. So it's, they, they, they can't, they can't, they can't not. They can't suddenly turn around and say, "Hang on, have you been in WWE yet?" Oh, well, we can't sign you then because we've got too many this month from. You know what I mean? Like, it's um, <laughs> where's the thing? You think, think when, they... when you're starting a new company, having the people people know gets eyes on the product, so you well, yeah. You think exactly? Yeah, they can't avoid it. They can't avoid it. They have to have people in there who people are aware of. There's the shock value. They have to rely on that because that gets eyes on the screen. And as time goes on, then they can maybe open up their own development territory if they really want to, if they need to. But they don't because it's successful as it is at right now. Um, it's it's going well for them the way that they're doing it. So they do, they don't need to to change well, the not, the TNA, where they just sign anyone who gets released. No, they're not. Turn up the next week. That really annoys me. People say that when they, people are sort of saying, "Oh, it's just a better book." TNA, when it's clearly not. Um, TNA was crap in the nicest way possible. <laughs> AEW's not. And in, in, in a way, I, I imagine AEW probably would want to go and get New Japan's best talent. Uh, they would want to go and get Ring of Honor's best talent. Blah 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 blah. But the, the thing is, they're the best in that promotion. They're, it's not as straightforward as that. They're not going to jump and i'm sure wwe would pretty love to do the same as well so do the same um, people who complain about it are they are they also complaining or oh, wwe all they do is buy up all the enhancement all, all the wrestlers from all probably, the indie promotions yeah. into nxt it's like they, they can't nobody can win because of where yeah, else you get exactly. them from you yeah know, no. wwe are, are getting their talent from from indie promotions put them through nxt and in some cases they're bringing them through the ranks from nowhere i.e nfl or football or wherever they've been sports wise before that the ones who end up obviously being stars, dare I say, are the ones who have wrestled in ROH or TNA or wherever they've been, i.e., you know, one of the Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, two of the biggest friggin' names in, in WWE, have wrestled for the biggest independent companies in the world. And then it's just silly. Of course they've wrestled. The I'm trying to think off of my head now. <laughs> There's not many, like, apart from the ones obviously when it first started, Moxley, Pack, 
Sean Spears, I believe, with the three, obviously Cody, but they're the three ones kind of from the others. And since Dynamite started, it's been hey, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager now, he's, and he's been used in a completely different way, in a much better way. They even touched on his UFC and his mixed martial arts backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, obviously, um, in, were Brody Lee, uh, Harper, who obviously everyone was Obviously, everyone knows how great he is anyway, and so they've, they've signed probably the, one of the best ones from that release. Yeah. And Matt Hardy, and obviously, everyone knows how well, he's a big name anyway, so I, it's not like they're, they're signing like people who have been released without even appearing on WWE, sort of yeah. thing. Like, nobody, not one's another. They are being careful, I think. And I imagine with the recent releases, yeah, there's probably a few, like the revival, the whole, everyone wants to see that happen. You're only an idiot mm. if you don't want to see that. Them and them there, and probably maybe Rusev and one other, or maybe another. If they went and got every single one who was released from that Black Wednesday, then yeah, I could probably, I could kind of understand where they're coming from. But yeah, I think I think they've been absolutely fine with who who they've signed and how they've also used said talent that's been released. Cody so, has even said as well that it, this isn't just going to be his mates wrestling for a laugh. He said that he isn't going to just go out and get everyone from WWE that's been released. He's getting. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting who he makes sense. So what well, you do? Yeah. Did you just let Rusev and whoever else just sit out and and, and not get them because they were at WWE? Do you know, what's the, what's the alternative? Well, it'd be stupid, wouldn't it? Of course, of course. Well, this was one of the good things we wanted to see as well. When um, when like I mentioned at the start, we wanted to see it being like a, a genuine rival where WWE when they're like when you got wrestlers going at you, oh, could well like Drew Gulak's a good example at the moment where he's having an eye on what he wants to do. He could go, well, oh, actually, if I get a good stay at WWE, where are you going to put me on the card? How much money are you going to give me? Do I go to AEW? Where are you going to put me on the card? How, how much money are you well, going to I'm not so, being funny, but I don't want anyone kicking off on Lex Luger team WCW, did they? Like, oh, they're taking too many WWE guys. I believe Vince McMahon was a bit more annoyed than anything. But yeah. if you want to go back <laughs> even further than that, WWE destroyed the territories because of exactly the same situation. So it's like... Exactly. Yeah, so they took, they took the champions, champions meets territory and said, you're my mid-card. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's 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 gone back as time as, as all those times itself, you know. it's It's been We're happening since... The, on with the real world title. Lundra Blaze. Oh, that's the one, <laughs> isn't it? That's the one. <laughs> I thought like I was there. <laughs> then you've got the likes of Jericho, and then you've got um, the you know the Benoit Malenko Saturn turning off Steve Austin and Triple H. Basically, every wrestler ever has been has has got a pass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, just because I've worked for WWE doesn't mean I can't. Oh my god, it's just nonsense. It, I think it's, it's not even an argument. Just... It's just people who want to be want some attention online. Yeah, exactly. It's people. It's either people who are just too passionate towards one company, which. I just think it's always nonsense. The fact that, as I say, the most excitement, the most excitement I got when AEW was starting was generally because one, we've got another promotion which will be great, but two, it'll make my other promotion which I love. Hopefully, they'll they'll up their game as well. So I, I, I just it baffles me that people generally try and want one company not to do well and one co- or try and mm. criticise. Just obviously, I know we we, we criticise, but in a good way because we're disappointed because we love wrestling, but. Yeah, it really does annoy me when people are purposely just trying to be almost dickheads on purpose. With, <laughs> with, I'll end, with I'll end my point with this with this one phrase, basically, about the whole thing, and that is, um, mm. if you're the kind of person who whinges about wrestlers signing for companies when they've had a previous wrestling existence somewhere else, don't come to any more Grapple Arcade events, because we won't get on. 
<laughs> One thing I will say though, if AEW did go around and t- sign like Jinder Mahal tomorrow, then I would be a bit peed off. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's they can sign anybody they want as long as I like them. <laughs> that's, that's basically, yeah, as long as they're actually good. WWE, but just it needs to make sense, you know. And so yeah, far, that's... everybody that they've signed kind of makes sense. There's, I've got no qualms with who they've brought in. I might have qualms about the dress sense, like, you know, <laughs> some of the clothes they put some of them in, but apart from that, it's fair And game. if they want to stop signing any WWE talent, I'm always available for them anyway. <laughs> of course. I'll put a word <laughs> in for you when... <laughs> whenever. Nice one, mate. Thank you. If Cody, if Cody needs, a, you know, needs a man, I'm here. Vince needs a man, I'm here. If Kenny, if Kenny I mean, comes when, to play when some... Like uh, when Omega's playing your games. I was going to say, if, if Kenny comes <laughs> to play some more Mercy for the love of wrestling, then um, I'll say, hey, oh, man, I'll, I'll come down. Uh, my mate Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a mate called Lance who has a bath now and again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having a bit of wrestle here. Hey, hey don't, don't worry. What I'll do, well, you'll set this up right. You'll say it to him, oh, he has a bath every now and again. And then I'll walk up behind him and we can get a nice little photo of it and you'll never know I was there. Just turn up in a towel with some armbands on. <laughs> All right, Ken, do you want to grapple? <laughs> Fancy a wrestle, lad. <laughs> Get your battle jammies on, son. <laughs> Yo, this is Man Like the Reason you're listening to Broken Glorious. All right, so it's time for the final of a question of sports entertainment. Mark, it's me versus Nick. It is indeed. Yeah, the originators of the BBG. Um, go at it once again. And uh, This round, lads, what I want you to do is tell me each participant that took part in the Raw 15th anniversary special, which was in December 2007. I want all the competitors uh-huh. that were in a special battle royal that took place in that episode. Oh, so there was a Legends gimmick Battle Royale style thing. Um, and I want to name each competitor that was in that Legends gimmick Battle Royale thing. I'm, I'm now, bear in mind, there's, there's, been, there's been several, there's been several, um, there's been several gimmick Battle Royals over the years. This one yeah. specifically, the one that took place at the 15th Raw anniversary. Okay. It was 2007, did you say? It was. Yeah, I was on my hiatus. However, I have watched it on YouTube once, I think. But again, we're going again probably a few years, probably a few years ago, ages ago. Who knows? But I, I have kind of seen it on YouTube. But yeah. Who's who's uh, going first in this one, chaps? What did you do? Did did you go first last time, Chris? I think I went second, didn't I? I'm sure. Hello. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go you, first. Uh, yeah, so I get second if I went first. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's my go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think Al Snow with head was in this. Al Snow was indeed in this. Nick. What does everybody want? Nick. <laughs> um, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter was indeed. Oh God. Um. Oh my god, but I can't think of his name. Helpful. <laughs> no, can I, can I describe him? Well, it, it won't answer the question, but you might give him. you might you might give Chris the, uh, the opportunity. Oh, no, to no, that's it. Oh, oh, he has a head, he has two eyes. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I breathed. Oh, he was definitely alive. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, was Doink the Clown in it? Doink the Clown was indeed, Nick. Um, Brooklyn Brawler? Brooklyn Brawler was not Chris. Oh. Um, I assume, I might be incorrect, but I assume he probably played Doink. But. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thinking about that, yeah. Um, is it two 0 It's two one. You, oh dear. Um, <laughs> you're winning. Oh dear. <laughs> was, Val, was Val Venus in it? Was Val Venus in this battle royal? No. <laughs> Every gimmick's just jumped out of my head. I don't um... <laughs> What's a gimmick? <laughs> Duke the Dumpster Josie? He was not, I'm afraid. <sighs> um. Some big hitters. I know one, but I, I just can't. I don't. I don't want to say his name because then Chris will steal it. <laughs> um, if you said his name, it sounds like right wrong. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, but then. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, yeah. You might give it a give away. Um, Gangrel. Gangrel was indeed, Nick. Oh. Richard. 3 1. 3 1. Oh. You this have is to your, get this it, one right. Chris has to get this right to stay in. Yeah, it's your fourth go. It's fourth go, isn't it? Yeah. Gilberg? Gilberg is correct, Chris. Oh, they always wheel oh. them out of all these. <laughs> he, had, he had his big air hole bang on the door, breathing smoke routine, pulling <laughs> up when he walked through it. Oh my right, God, that I'm was it. intense, that. I'm so Nick I'm has gonna... to. We're on our fifth one before it's a knockout, and uh, Nick and it's if Nick gets this right, he's won. I'm going to ask mm. you to like be a bit kind, so I'm going to attempt it. Okay, it's Iris, like the Iris, the tax man, Iris, Iris, um, Iris, <laughs> like what? you know the tax guy, the tax man. <laughs> what was what was the word you were saying there? Iris. Spell it for me. I R I S. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna need to take this to the judges. What's wrong? Was <laughs> <laughs> that Chris wrong? You said wrong. Uh, I can't. I won't accept that. Yeah, don't, don't be a dick and steal it. No, 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 the progress motto. Don't be a dick. <laughs> oh, mate. do you mean I R S? IRS, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know who I meant. I know exactly who you meant. I felt so <laughs> bad. You were describing IRS by calling him Iris. I wasn't trying to be dick. That's why I was trying to say spell right, it. That's I mean, fine. Oh, you did it right. Oh, <laughs> right. I, I'm struggling to. Oh, you know what? I'm. I'm. 
that's really struggling whether to give you that one or not. Because because if, if I give you that, then you've won. <laughs> yeah, like... I'll, I'll, I'll won't, I won't, I won't have it, but Chris is not allowed to take it, has that? <laughs> no, I think that's fair. You know what? I think that's, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with that call. Okay. I'm going to say, no, it's a yellow card to Nick for... <laughs> for oh, uh, my God. For that. But, um, no, I'm going to say Nick cannot have that. But I'm going to disqualify IRS as an option because we all went around the houses there and we actually even said the answer out loud. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, lads. So, um, uh, it's still to play for, Chris. You, you, you can uh, see in Tatanka was not in it, mate. Oh, <laughs> oh he's lost anyway. He <sighs> still wins. Was Godfather in that? No. <laughs> oh, so I've won anyway, haven't I? I'm saying that Tatanka was only came back in like 2005, so it would have brought him back again so soon. I was like, oh, no. yeah, no, it's um, I'll go through the names that remain. So well done, Nick. Congratulations, oh, mate. Two weeks in a row. The I names thought... that we had left in there were Bart Gunn. Who? <laughs> Bart Gunn? Yeah, Bart Gunn. He was in there smoking guns and he was in the, he was in the Brawl for All, Nick. He was the guy who won the Brawl for All and then got knocked out by Butterbean. I can't believe he brought him back. He was Billy Gunn's tag team partner when they were Cowboys. Yeah. I didn't know um, he brought him back. Yeah, I didn't either. I completely forgot all about that. So he came back and he got a great pop and he looked awesome as well. Um, so Bart Gunn, Repo Man. <laughs> Steve Blackman. Oh, oh yeah. Pete Gass, I mean, Street Posse. Bob Backlund. Yeah, uh, the goon who had a, like a six-month shelf life as an ice hockey player in WWF. Yeah, there was there a there was a really guy. That was there. Sorry, it wasn't really. What, what was his name? The goon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was Skinner was in there. Uh, Flash Funk was in there. Uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart was in. Really, some yeah. mad names there, isn't yeah. there? Scotty Too Hotty, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, um, on his yeah, own without Rikishi or Grandmaster. <laughs> so, Blackman, um, I'm worried about Steve Blackman's one of my favourites as well. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, <laughs> Steve, was Steve Blackman was one of your favourites. The lethal weapon. Why should I always grab a kendo stick and start swinging it around the house? Where are you getting a kendo stick from? <laughs> I love well, I'm, Steve I'm, Blackman I'm, was one of your favourites, and Nick. <laughs> What do you mean? The lethal <laughs> weapon? As if he wasn't one of yours. <laughs> I loved it, the hardcore. He was the king of hardcore when I was growing up with WWE. <laughs> Sorry, what? Steve and I remember going onto the old SmackDown games and looking at Steve Blackman and going, maybe not. Steve Blackman, legitimate thing here, Steve Blackman was uh, touted as being, you can keep your hakus and you can keep your, you know, your other, maybe Bar Shamrock. Um, he's hard as fuck, wasn't he? He's fucking solid, and not just that. After his wrestling start, he became a vigilante, like a hired gun in real life, where you could hire him, like a bounty hunter. He's a, he's a bounty hunter. So. He's a legit bounty hunter with his own TV show. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. I, was, I thought he once to say, yeah. "Oh yeah, he looks a bit boring." Then I went, "Oh, he's going to come to my house and batter me." <laughs> it's, it's, he's, uh, it's definitely, if you haven't seen it, definitely worth watching. Trying to try and download some episodes of his bounty hunter show because it was cool. It's good fun. Brilliant. Just because oh, it was Steve, he did it oh, top plus though, and uh, was doing his nunchucks and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Glow <Glow> sticks. <laughs> Just coming to the front door, doing it, and they're like, "Can I help you, mate?" He's like, "Yeah, I've come to claim your bounty." 
<laughs> of course, let me bounty. Uh, I'm part of uh, Head Cheese uh, Bounty Hunters. Um, <laughs> Al Snow's in the car behind him. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yes, well done, Nick. Um, Cheers, mate. You've, uh, you've, you've excelled yourself this week. Um, interesting round, that one, because I thought... It's good fun, but I would have struggled as well unless I'd have gone back and watched it because because some you, of the you, battle royals merge into each other and I keep yeah, getting you pumped. saying the names. I'm just, I've, I've got vague recollections of it now. So yeah, I'm sure I've watched it. But it's so difficult to like not get not get mixed up with some of the gimmick battle royals that they have at the Rumble and things like that as well. Though, and uh, uh, sorry at the Mania and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's the more illustrious one that people might sort of go back to because of I think Heenan's on commentary, isn't he, for that Mania? Yeah, and he and Gene was on commentary. Yeah, so people automatically think of that when they think of the Legends gimmick battle royal. But this one was uh, the 15th anniversary one, yeah. Hi, this is Matt Davis, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious. All right, so it's time for the BBG big debate. So last week's question was best WWE appearance of a sportsman, and here are the results. So in last place was me and Mark joint. I think it's me, Mark, and Nick. I think they only gave Nick 17% because they needed to give somebody a percent more. <laughs> they, they, they didn't do points <laughs> on Twitter. But... The more I promote my answer and get people involved, the more they vote for somebody else. I've noticed this. <laughs> I'm not promoting <laughs> anything <laughs> anymore. Uh, so me, yeah, me and Mark are in last place for 16%, but I'll let Mark go first this week. Because I went first last week. <laughs> and then, I... so the winner, with a massive 52%, again, was Lance Arnold Schwarzenegger. Still of course it was. Be a sportsman. But... I know what the people want. <laughs> people are so disrespectful our country when he's got all these goals for him. He's in the goal scorer. How dare we not show him those? Do you know what? If you want to pick Wayne Rooney, I was going to pick Wayne Rooney. So... I just find the people of this public. I don't know why. What they? What they? Why they hate Rooney? I think it's just because people are scared of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a good point. If we were using our old football accounts, because he was United, we would have won. Because everything we put up, United. You should have retweeted him. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, what were you debating this week? So on the back of WWE promoting Randy Orton versus Edge as the greatest wrestling match of all time, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Promoting How's that it. Work? Um, I don't. It'll either be an alright match or it's going to be. Have you seen the theme tuners as well? It's going to be the really good. Is, um, the greatest show. This is the greatest <laughs> show. It actually is. Hey, I just asked the questions. I don't have the answers. <laughs> but I think this, it's a no-win situation promoting it as the greatest match of all time because it's not going to be the greatest match of all time. Seven. Hey, you don't know. Great. You could you could be completely shocked. Unless he's cinematic the hell out of this, it's not going to be the greatest match of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Mark, what match did you go for? I went for The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania at 17. Um, I thought at the time you had two of the biggest stars well, at the time, but also as time has gone on in the world, if not the two biggest wrestling superstars of all time, um, go head to head. And I think it was it was so anticipated for such a long time the way it was. Everything that the builds to this match was absolutely bloody incredible. Um, leading up to the whole um, Austin turning during the match or at the end of the match, it just it was just 
absolutely unreal. It was a half an hour no DQ match between Rock and Austin. I mean, it, just that alone, just saying that without, if you don't even go and watch the match, yeah. just that alone says what? That sounds absolutely incredible. Uh, both men were in the absolute peak of their wrestling, um, you know, superstardom. In my opinion, you know, they both sort of reached that sort of pinnacle point. There was no turning back at this point. Um, but I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and and everything that that match gave was just sublime. Um, the turn from Austin was heartbreaking, <laughs> yeah. but I, I could smell it. Um, just new champion um, shaking hands with his arch rival, sharing beers and handshakes at the end with Vince McMahon. Just absolutely unbelievable. Just just everything that that match to me was one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest match of all time, because of everything. The whole build of, if nothing else, the build of for years of Austin and McMahon leading to this point where all of a sudden they're shaking hands and having a beer uh, because of the turn. Just yeah, let alone the the quality of the match itself. Just just. It was magnificent, and I think um, it was a number of years in the making from Austin being a ringmaster, the ringmaster with with Million Dollar Man being that heel, to being the anti-establishment Austin, uh, three sixteen, but always having that heel tendency about him. No matter how much the fans cheered him, he was still a bit of a snake, and um, that yes. whole time he just had the biggest snake against him. Um, and then he showed his true colours in this match. It was just almost like years in the making, the build to this absolute pinnacle of a match against The Rock, to where he sent now nah, screw screw all the use. I'm siding with the boss. Yeah. Unreal, <laughs> unreal. Yeah, oh, it's a great match. But for me, um, it's another Austin match, but it's him against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. But so going into the match, Bret was the beloved babyface. Stone Cold was still a heel, but he was gaining fan support. But by the end of the match, Stone Cold gained all the sympathy and become a babyface. Where frustrated, angry, bitter Bret Hart would turn heel by the end of the match. Yeah, so as the as the match took hold, it made the story of the match was you made you felt sorry for Stone Cold throughout it because he fought so hard as hard as he could possibly do, and then refused to give up. He didn't even give up. He just fell unconscious <laughs> in the sharpshooter and he was bloodied to death. And then from Brett's perspective, it told a great story of his frustrations and he was dealing with the crowd and he hated how how can the crowd boo him and support this drunk, <laughs> basically. And he just got to boiling point and he just was like, I don't care about sportsmanship anymore. I'm just going to beat this guy until he gives up. And then, yeah, the match elevated both guys. Brett defeated the hottest guy in the company in a grueling match. Austin came out, complete badass, because he just didn't give up. And, yeah, again, yeah, he couldn't, he, could, he didn't even quit. He just was unconscious. So, But imagine this watch didn't, wasn't the original plan. The original plan was to have Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. So... I couldn't imagine. Uh, I couldn't imagine wrestling about this match because probably this match probably started the Attitude Era. So. What about the Attitude Era? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, so I'm going for a match I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast before. I'm going for <laughs> CM Punk versus John Cena from Money in the Bank 2011. Going into this, there was obviously a lot of ramblings like through when people were going on dirt sheets and the internet stuff. And there was no secret that CM Punk's contract was legitimately expiring from WWE. 
Um, but then WWE's brought their role with it into a programme. So the scene was set. It was going to be CM Punk versus John Cena for Money in the Bank for the WWE title. In the weeks up, we saw that shoot promo, the best promo in WWE history, bar none, in my opinion. Um, we then saw, obviously, a live contract segment with CM Punk and Saman. And then, yeah, so the stage was set. Apparently, on the day of this match, CM Punk did actually sign a new contract with WWE. That was all legit. Apparently, a new contract was agreed uh, on the day. WWE still ran with the theme that CM Punk hadn't signed. He turned down the latest deal. And then, yeah, a sold-out um, All-State Arena in Chicago. The atmosphere was insane. We've all seen the clips on YouTube, uh, CM Punk's entrance and what have you. It, it was just amazing. The match itself, back and forth. I've never seen a crowd so invested in a match. There's me watching, I think I was 16 at the time. I can I can really believe what I was watching. I've never had this. I've never actually, I think it's the first time when I actually watched a wrestling show, seeing a crowd that passionate. So... Mm. Just so into it, and and just seeing a genuine match. I know Cena's always, and this is also at a time when Cena was getting a lot of criticism. Of Cena can't wrestle again. This match shuts up the critics because Cena was just I think Cena deserves almost as much credit as Punk. Cena played his role to absolute perfection. Um, we then saw McMahon coming out trying to screw Punk. That didn't happen. Um, and then yeah, then the one, two, three. The cheers were like when your team scores in football. That's certainly how I celebrated. It was just pandemonium yep. to, to not mind it describe <laughs> it. I'm, I'm sorry I'm going well over a minute but uh, then we saw, yeah, CM Punk CM Punk we saw Dario trying to cash him Punk, Punk kicked him in the head left the building to uh, an almighty reception it was amazing go back and watch it then the booking after was terrible yeah, as well about that <laughs> oh they should have kept Punk off telly for weeks and just had Show, show clips of him turning up at indie events and then John Cena chasing him. And... He did <laughs> turn up at one indie event, didn't he? Did he? he turned remember. up at an ROH event, I believe. With I the am title tempted, in his hands. I am tempted, as I am further, to do a massive write-up about this, of how my hmm. my views of how WWE should have booked. I know there's loads of people who have done stuff on YouTube and what have you, or yeah. even on, but I'm so tempted because I've just... Do it, it would be a great, it would be a great yeah. article for the website, man. Uh, it really winds. It really, really winds me up. I can't just. In fact, I will do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. To you guys now, but at the same time, I've finished talking to someone from Ripside three years ago, and I'm still up in arms. But no, I will, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will do it. I will do it because I'm so angry that I can't describe it down the phone. How how angry it still makes me. So the fact that feud by I can feel me, it. The feud ended with Triple H versus fucking Kevin Nash for a ladder, a, a stage hammer, and a ladder, uh, whatever it's called. So I'm about to say a ladder, a ladder on a oh. sledgehammer match. <laughs> and that's how angry I am. Good, I'm trying to get the match correct. I can feel the hatred flow through you. <laughs> good, my apprentice. Kevin Nash texted him bloody self. <laughs> good. Uh, Have I ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> All right, Lance, you're back. <laughs> Oh, so and, the Miz, and the Mizanar, sorry, the Mizanar truth also got blamed for having, um, for, for being poor and they were the best thing about this whole bloody story. And I'm, uh, God, I'm so angry. <laughs> Do you, I, we can go all night with this. Do you want to make another podcast about this? <laughs> I've got nothing to do. It'll be a lot of swearing, I can tell you. It'll be an 18 rated podcast. That's fine. We need more swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a while to you pick got... my. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. 
I'll say you've got 20 seconds with Nick's too long. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not. So, my answer... I can go through it in 20 seconds. I can do it really quickly, I promise. No, no, that's not a <laughs> Uh, so it took me a while to pick my answer. It was a big debate between this match and The Rock versus Triple H at Backlash 2000. But I thought I'd go with this one because um, it is universally thought of as one of the best wrestling matches of all time. And it has to be Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I remember being like, so it was 2009 when it came out. So it was, um, I must have been 10 when this happened or just about to turn 10. And remember sitting there in absolute awe of this match. Even even at ten years old, I realised that this was something special. That I remember the Undertaker catching Shawn Michaels on the moonsault and thinking, "Oh my god!" And then he tombstoned him and won. But before that, the, the facials of the Undertaker where Shawn kicked out and he looks down the camera like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> if Undertaker ever was to say "Oh shit" in any moment, it was definitely that one. <laughs> Yeah. That look on his face was unbelievably like yeah. some. There's some actors that get paid stupid amounts of money to be in films that couldn't pull off a facial reaction like that. The absolute sadness and anger in his eyes all at once was amazing, and it just it just captivates you even now. Like ten years on, you could sit there and be as enthralled with it as you were in the moment. Because the story is just so universal as well that it's heaven versus hell. Shawn Michaels is in all white. The Undertaker's in all black. You know it as soon as they come out and you don't need any more build for it than that. So, <coughs> is this the match where he, he said, if you win the Rumble, I'll face you? I thought it was, that's, no, that was 20, that's, 26. That's, uh, that's 26. Okay, cool. 25. Where Shawn retired. 25 was better. 20. Yeah. I think the um, the um, the build up was better probably for. Tw- I think the build, I think the build was for twenty six was better because there was more riding on it, wasn't there, and everything. But and the, the whole mic was coming out of the chamber. This this wrestling match was amazing, and that absolutely beautifully amazing promo uh, with the uh, running up that hill as the music for it as well. Yeah, and it shows Sean getting eliminated from the Rumble by Batista. Oh, that was hot. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that because I was um, I was staying at my grandma and granddad's house that day, and I had to ring uh, they my mum. Watching wrestling as well. You what? They are not watching the wrestling. No, no. So what I had to do when I was eleven, I had to ring my mum and be like, "Can you tell me what happened?" And my mum had to go onto the computer while on the phone to me to tell me what happened on the rumble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the fact that Shawn Michaels didn't win. I sat there on the phone going, oh, okay. And Edge won, even though Edge had just come back and it was this big shock and everyone was like, oh my God, Edge is back. I was thinking, I mean, that's great and all, but how's he going to face The Undertaker now? Well, on this day, I see clearly. I mean, Uh, yeah, but Sean didn't win. (laughs) And I'm still annoyed to this day. Alright, so your choices are Rock versus Austin, Austin versus Bret Hart, Cena versus Punk, and Taker versus Shawn Michaels. So on Wednesday uh, Wednesday lunchtime, I'll put a poll on our Twitter, BBG Wrestling, and the winner will decide next week's debate. So, uh, Mark, have you got anything you want to promote? 
Uh, not a sausage, actually. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. Um, what a twist. Yeah, isn't it? Just a twist and things to come. No, um, d- d- no, not. So, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Lance. <laughs> uh, just me then. Uh, as always, my t shirts are still available at launchavera12.bigcartel.com. And as well, the front line have decided that we are going to have a few adventures during lockdown. If you want to check them out, they're over on the Launch Rivera YouTube channel as well. I've put them up on our website as well on bbgwrestling.com, so you can go Woo! in the video section. So hopefully there we go. If you listen to cool. Um, yeah, I've got plenty of interviews coming for the next couple of weeks. Uh, last week, I released my interview with Lance's best mate, Joey Marcus. I hate that pirate. <laughs> He's calling me out on Twitter and asking me when we're going to have a podcast match. What's a podcast match? Only one way to find out. Only one way to find out. (laughs) Where's Harry going on the pole? Me and Nick can be quiz masters and you can have a quiz off. Oh, there we go. About your own promotion. (laughs) See, that's what I was thinking as well, if we go that deep into it as well. Oh, oh. I'm going to have him, mate. I'm going to have him. That's it. I've, I've literally watched two Britannia wrestling shows. So that's, as long as it's about, <laughs> it's about them two Britannia shows. <laughs> I'm sure I'll remember. If I was on them, I'll, I'll remember it all. Yeah, tell you the two from this year. The last show they did and the Rumble. <laughs> oh, so I was on both of them. Yeah, no, I will, yeah. I will remember all of everything. Yeah. I have a thing. I'll memorise it all. It's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I nicked a card for one of them shows. Somewhere oh, yeah. that Mike Angus wrote. Oh, cool. Somewhere in my house. All right, and then <laughs> this Friday, I have an interview with Pyro coming out. It was a really fun chat. The following week, we're Alfie Brooks. Then the following week, it's Dougie Matthews. And then the following week, it's Sunset Skip. So... <laughs> I was about to say, have you, just, have you just made a list of people that I know and have made friends with and just interviewed? <laughs> I was going to say, if you just interviewed everyone that I know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to start. <laughs> coming on these interviews with you now <laughs> I think I think I've interviewed everyone you know most of SL Island and most of RWA and I'm getting quite a lot of Britannia now <laughs> just need to get onto the in out people as well then. it'll be the launch emotional. of our uh, podcast <laughs> <laughs> alright so if you enjoy our show follow us on twitter it's bbg wrestling check out our website bbgwrestling.com and good night good night good night good night